What's going on, everybody? This is Shooter Shoot, and I'm Jordan. I'm Kevon. And this is our main guest, our main man. Yo, first of all, I'm going to call this man Superman because he saved the day <laughs> twice. My guy Jason, a lighting genius, prodigy. <laughs> going from there, you know what I'm saying? How you feeling, man? I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, man. I'm feeling pretty good. Man, you... I appreciate it. Oh, of course, bro. Yeah, I, pre- I appreciate you gassing me like that. <laughs> no, for sure. It's necessary. You got to give everyone their flowers while I stay here. Like, I, I highly and truly believe that. You know what Word. So today's episode is going to you know, pretty much be based off of stay ready so you don't have to be ready. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Yo, y'all saw that flight, that um, the engine blew up? Yeah. Bro. Yeah, bro. I saw it. Like, I showed you took a picture in her like yard, like where the... the where the thing came off at? Yeah, oh bro. My God. Imagine so, just... I just and being on that plane, it's like, oh, bro. Bro, you gotta think like a lot. I saw this Twitter thread where it's like really interesting, where folks were saying like, yes, that's a panicky moment, but shout out to modern technology, because mm-hmm. if it not been for modern technology, oh yeah, no, nah, it, it's it's legitimately like, and it, and it sometimes when I be thinking about like how planes fly and like the whole autopilot thing, and they only use one engine, this whole thing, I'd be like, yeah, I don't. Part of me still just doesn't trust. I mean, that's not the best scenario to land in. Yeah, exactly. It's like anytime I hear, even like when the when the plane takes off and like you hear the wheels like going to the plane, and even that freaks me out. Like any sound that I hear on the plane. What if it didn't? What if it didn't like go in? Go all the way in, or what if it stays out? What if they don't come out? Right, just the smallest. uh, Like anytime, like bro, I flew Spirit once in my life, and that was a month ago. And that shit like. Blew me. I was actually, ironically, I was on a Delta flight and um, it flew into a storm, and it made that little sound. Bro, I woke up to a grown man screaming on the plane, and I mind you, I had like took like a double shot, and I was like, I'm just, just I'm gonna pass out on the plane. I woke up to people screaming. I was like, I'm just pass out again, <laughs> <laughs> and I literally did. And I woke up again. And shit was straight. I was like, yo, thank God, <laughs> thank God, I can go back to. I can't sleep my blinks. My man said, "If I die, I'ma die not knowing I died." Exactly, bro. I, I just, I, I, just, I don't want to be awake for that. Like, boy, you gonna wake up in one instant and you gonna have a heart attack like no other it. heart attack you ever had before. You bro. know what? And that's when what, that shit hit. I'm like, yo. That's why. That's the only reason why I don't fall asleep because I'm like, I'd rather brace and prepare my heart. I can't fall asleep. Like I literally physically can't fall asleep on plane. I can. I just have to be prepared, like uncomfortable with dying. It's just <sighs> y'all seen that Kanye tweet when he was like, "I hate falling asleep on a plane and wake up and there's a water bottle and I and now I'm responsible for it." <laughs> <laughs> that's so. That's true. Though. That's facts. Like, bro. Facts. First of all, they give you the Dasani water every time. While we're on the subject, hold on. Let me segue into this. Have y'all been flewed out for a gig? In terms of that, mean like just having to travel for a gig with a client. Had, you know, so you had to pay for it. Like, you, you know, your first time you get a gig, negotiating that. Yeah. How is how was that for y'all in terms of just like, all right, these are my boundaries. This is what needs to be met. You know, because sometimes people, the opportunity itself is just like, oh, shoot, I can go where? And some people are like, yeah, I'll pay you when you get here or some stuff like that. So how, like in cases where y'all have to travel for shoots, whether it be 30 miles, 10 miles, whatever, how do y'all negotiate that? Or how's that been for y'all? I haven't been flown out for a gig. Now you, I'm just talking oh, about just like driving. Just tra- travel? Just, just in general. Uh... The only time that I have, like, I've had to travel is, like, I had to go to D.C. for, like, two documentaries. And essentially, as far as nego- negotiation goes, like, I was told that I would be paid a half day's rate um, for travel. They were, like, and I was told that was standard. In my head, I was like, 
but we're going to be in the car for nine hours. <laughs> so I'm not sure how that, like, computes as a, a standard, like, you know, like, <laughs> that's, that's definitely you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if, I, if we drove for two hours and whatever, yeah. um, and, like, that was it for that day, then I'm, I understand that. But, yeah, like, I mean, that, that was just a... It was. A, I, I'm gonna be honest. It wasn't really a negotiate negotiation. I just reported it as a full day on my invoice. Like I wasn't like. Did they pay you for the full day though? Yeah, like that was <laughs> enough for debate. Huh? <laughs> 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 oh, you need to be about your about your money, especially like it, it, sometimes it gets very like. I say, I don't know. You want to see kind of like where you are with your client as well, like as far as like the report that you guys have to be like, okay, cool. I want to make sure I'm not. Of course, asking for too much, but still valuing yourself. Like, being like, yo, nah, I need you to book me this flight. Or, like, because, like, the other day, I flew, uh, I flew uh, Frontier for the first time. Oof. How was, <laughs> let's talk about that. How was that? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Spirit, Spirit or Frontier? If you had, if worst case scenario, Spirit or Frontier? I'm taking Spirit over Frontier. Wow. Yeah. Didn't, you, didn't you get a free check back? No. They gave me, they gave you a personal item. So you have to still pay for your check bag. That's the thing. Because you see, like, spare flights, they're less expensive, but you have to pay for your bag. So it ends up being the same yeah. as, like, Delta. Yeah. So it's like, why not just take Delta? Because, you know, you at least you'll get stuff as customer service. Because of for sure. At least you get some peanuts. Right? Exactly. They not, they not give you anything on Frontier. They not give you anything on Spirit. They barely even look at your direction. <laughs> <laughs> they barely even acknowledge you on the flight, <laughs> honestly. Shit. They yeah. have no TVs. They have no, like, they have nothing. No pillows. No blankets. They have nothing. Yeah, I saw a meme with it, like, you had to land a Spirit or, like, Frontier flight yourself. <laughs> Yo, bro, I, I could. I'll I'll be, I will it. definitely, like, I definitely see the pilot coming back. Hey, you trying to, you trying to land this? All right. But, hey, it's definitely not it, bro. Nah, like, I'm pretty sure that's not going to be it. Oh, bro, that's not an awesome resort, bro. That's <laughs> going. But, no, bro, I'll be, um, I'll be wondering about that. Because, like, as, I, you know, we were talking about negotiating contracts and stuff like that. Like, knowing my words, I'm like, I deserve the Delta flight. I understand, like, your, your budget may not accommodate that, but in terms of, like, safety, first of all, people don't put into terms of, like, camera equipment. Jason, I always shout you out for this because you put something in terms to me about, like, just uh, negotiating your day rate properly. Mm-hmm. And actually, can you elaborate on that? Um, but, like, you know, I'll say it in a second, but, like, you know, I feel like just in terms, like, if you're working with a client and you have to travel, if I had to get on a train, I'd get on a train, you know, necessarily, if it's if not too long of a distance. But at the same time, in terms of flights, you want your person want to be safe, their equipment to be safe. Yeah. And because, like, you don't want to get there, like, shit's malfunctioning or always got damage and stuff like that. So, like, you were talking about, like, nego- um, going back to negotiating the day rate. How does that work for you in terms of just, like, yo, even someone comes to you, like, yo, we got shit for five hours. You told me, like, go ahead and charge them for the, for the full day. Yeah. How does that work? So, like, and I, I can't, I can't take full, um, Yeah, I can't take full credit for that. Um, I, like I said, like I, I'm blessed to be around like a lot of great people, um, you know, working in the industry and whatnot. And I was informed by um, um, a DP I was working with, Bruce Lane, that essentially, no matter what, that you're you can't take any other work for that day. So like, that's true. You yeah, can't take any other work. Yeah. So it's like um, you have to essentially charge for that because regardless that. You could say, like, they're only getting X amount of your time, but they're also taking away your time for any other opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, we've, we've learned that in um, economics, it's called opportunity cost and things like that. So, oh, it's geez. just, like, you kind of have to chip that in. And things like, as far as, like, you saying, like, you have to take the train, you have to do th- things like this. 
Um, one thing I feel like that we do as freelancers a lot is that we fault ourselves. We fault ourselves for not having like the proper equipment, for not having like the transportation, um, and all those different things. And it's like the way how businesses run is that it's always going to be margins on top of like what your cost is because you have to make a profit at the end of the day for your for you to be operating a business. So it's like if you do have to take a train, regardless, like they're not paying for like you to have a car; they're paying for your mind to operate that situation. They're paying for you to know what equipment to bring, what people to have there, all that stuff. They're paying essentially for your on-set consultation and operation. They want you to produce the finished product. So it's like that's why you have to like still chip in those things. And whether you have to take the train, whether you have to like, you know, whether you have to factor in your gas, your insurance, things like that. You have to factor in all those things um, because those are things that are essentially necessities for you to provide the finished product to them. Um, so that's why it's like, to me, it's like you, people kind of have an idea of what their time is worth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, there's, I, I say there's two things in like when you're taking a, on a project is on um, compensation and there's relation. Mm-hmm. So it's like, essentially you can be compensation. Is essentially I, I get paid for my time. This is what I feel like my time is worth. Mm-hmm. Like this is the, I, I'll walk away from this deal if you don't pay back. Relation is essentially like I feel like I already I have a good standing with this person and I feel like continuing that will lead to more work and more compensation down the road or it will lead to referrals to other compensation. Mm-hmm. Essentially relation is always gonna lead to more compensation. Um, and it's just like it's it comes to you like in that moment on which like how do you wanna like align on that spectrum? Mm-hmm. Um, and like negotiate your rate. It all goes down to like just like you know like I we we work with like a couple clients and sometimes they might say our budget is a little bit more for this and it's like we know that there's going to be other projects down the road so we're going to definitely say like you know what we understand we will allow this and we've done pro bono projects for people just because like we wanted to extend expand our portfolio yeah and you know and see that's what I wanted to kind of talk to about too like um knowing when to do that like because like there's so much potential in any opportunity right yeah anyone can pop off at any moment now we're leaving this live in a social media age and like whether you're working with a business something like that like personally you know i've worked with different companies like oh this could be more gigs and then it may have been two more gigs and then all right this may not work out or sometimes it becomes an actual like i'm on your paid employee things like that so like how do you use your judgment in those cases like i know kevon you're in this situation mm-hmm. too with different stuff so like, how do you use your judgment like all right I believe in you enough that this is going to work and I have the faith that, you know, I'm going to take a leap of faith. I can take a pay cut on my range and then see where it goes. Like, how does that work? How do you use your judgment in that terms of, like, discerning what to do next? Uh, I really feel like you just have to know your client, really. Like, uh, it's really that relationship. Mm -hmm. Honestly, and just trusting that, like, okay, uh, they have a plan as far as, like, how they want their businesses to run. So it's like, do you believe in that plan? Do you really mm-hmm. think that they can grow and actually like do these things they feel like they want to do in like an art? And also the relationship that you guys have, like how are you helping them bolster their brand? How, how are you literally helping? Because the thing is, is like, you know, you're working on these videos, you're you're doing these projects with them, but it's 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 to grow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, it's to grow to make sure that they look the best way possible, so that they can bring in more money, so that you can bring in more money. <laughs> so it's like it's, it's a never-ending cycle. So it's like symbiotic relationship. Yeah, yeah. You can't just like you know like half-ass something and think that okay, well, hopefully you know just by their name, like they, they'll continue like you know uh, yeah. 
yeah. this relationship or Velcro or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's there's reasons like knowing your client and like having faith in like their brands because like I'm I'll say like there's definitely been a lot of things that I've like turned down because like mm, I don't think this is this might be a one time thing or even like the the money may be good this one time but yeah. I don't believe in this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm, like, yeah. I don't I don't think that this is like worth it for me because like cool hey. Someone approaching me, hey, I'll give you fifteen hundred dollars for a music video. I listen to your song. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. I'm okay. That's that's a. You know what I mean? And it's like I already know kind of like what you're trying to do, but it's you know you just have to be able to have like that that gift of discernment, really. Exactly. Knowing like is this really worth it? Because as Jason said, I've done free things because I like I know for a fact that hey, this person, this business is going to like blow because I, I I have the opportunity to showcase my work as well so yeah. it's like why not facts yeah and it's like you, like you said you're always on the stage and performing so Jason did you have anything you want to elaborate on it I mean no nah, I mean you know Kevin me and Kevin have worked together plenty of times and I think we, we understand a lot of each other's tendencies like to a point like you know one thing that he said as far as like do I believe in this and whatnot and um and it, it, it ultimately it comes down to you and your personality and like you know the things that you like and with music videos too, like I, I, I don't shoot music videos for a price. I shoot music videos completely free, but I only shoot music videos for people that I like, That's, you know, yeah. you know, um, because like the, the biggest reason honestly is just earworms. Like I don't want to listen to trash <laughs> earworms and like now I have to listen to the ear. Like, I have to hear your music because you're paying. Yeah. And essentially like, you know, it's, it's kind of a fine line of like when you're in business for yourself with like freedom versus like, you know, mm-hmm. um, you can still be a slave. Like, you, you're still working for someone always, man. Yeah. And um, it's just like, I wanted to retain, like, I have a love for music. I wanted to retain, you know, the ability to, like, choose who I work work with on that frontier. But, for sure. um, yeah. nah, man, it's just, you know, it's a gut feeling of just knowing when to, you know, when, when you need to curb your prices and whatnot. And it, it ultimately comes down to, like, your belief in someone's business. So I think Kevin pretty much knocked that on the head. For sure. I relate a lot to that because I, I think that's too like um, like you saying just like that relationship with the, just seeing the potential and it's like do I believe in this like just hitting mm-hmm. back on that because um, a lot of people like especially nowadays it's like you want to get the bag by any means possible like you may be paying th- me three bands for the song I hate it but I don't think people take into account like if you don't really like what you're working on it's going to reflect in the work in some form sure. like, like you have yeah. to edit that video you're oh, going to yeah, have to listen to that process. song <laughs> well, you don't like something you're like oh, nah. you got to replay that song like <laughs> over 100 and over. times and then you know no nah, it's just not even worth it and then you're sitting there like damn and then my I've taken a gig where I didn't like the service or product of the the client was trying to do and I was like damn and then it's when you have, when they tell you they have a complaint about the video and you're like word, like oh yeah nah I, that's that's honestly that provisions and like also and I want Jason to talk about like uh, pricing that out sometimes too because like people yes. kind of feel like oh because you're doing uh, a video for them they can give you unlimited revisions essentially and it's like I have like deadlines with other things I can't mm-hmm. keep spending time on this one video like you must not understand it's like cool you asked me to change this song hey I don't like this clip could you remove this clip or find some things to replace it with and then it's like I have to now rewatch this footage because I, I worked on this three months ago I don't remember what this footage looks like <laughs> so I have to go back and watch your footage and be like oh 
<laughs> this might work, and then you come back and say, actually, that color looks a little bit weird. Um, you know what I mean? So like the three months comment. Yeah, man, like, like yeah, bro. It happens. Like it's it like does. it happens, and you know, like especially when you're like constantly working on things, and you know, you take your time and you work on your projects, and then you you move on. So yeah. it's like you kind of like forget it. So like for someone to keep on, you know, being on top of you, trying to be like, hey, could you make this revision? It's it's usually not. It's deflating, best. man. Yeah, it's not the best at it's, all. Yeah, it's deflating. Um, I mean, as far as revisions, like, the the number one thing with revisions is just um, contracts. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. just go ahead and, like, just document it in a contract as far as, like, you know, a lot of people, like, and it depends on how you price yourself out. But what I personally do is uh, um, it's not necessarily a package. Like, we, we consult with the client first and see what exactly that they, you know, want and need. But we do put two revisions, like, on there. So, essentially, that's going to be, like, a rough cut yeah. and, like, kind of, like, the in-between. Like, the final little touches before we send you the final, like, video. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's like, we have that in there and then anything extra is going to be an extra compensation. Because at that point, that's, like, because we've already, essentially, you've already priced out the time that the revisions are going to take. Mm-hmm. You've already kind of, like made an estimate of that and that's all that like the contract and the budget is is estimates of like the amount of time and the amount of cost of that time and then like so any extra revision is going to be extra time that was not estimated so then now that's an extra cost so like that goes down to like what is your personal like maybe you're doing an hourly rate maybe you want to do a flat rate of like every extra revision is this amount It, it comes down to like what you feel personally um fits your style and your worth better um, we personally do hourly. Um, well, actually, not really hourly. We do day rates, like you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, if you want to do like an extra revision and things like that, it's like nine times out of ten, it's going to take an extra, like, you know, it's, it's going to take extra time for us to go over yeah. it and like make sure everything is tip top shape, and there's going to be communication going back and forth with you and whatnot. And it's the amount of time that I'm going to have to take not focusing on other projects that yeah, I have to focus on yours. Focusing on, like, waiting for your email to come back and things like that. Other than, like, in editing, like, things like that, like, extends outside of just me yeah. pressing keys and things like that. It's a whole, you know, post-production is a whole thing as far it's as communication. And we've had post-production cycles that have gone, like, months outside of, like, the timeline. Not because of us. We've edited, like, within days, but, like, people's communication. Yeah. Um, and it's just, like, you kind of feel like they're wasting your time and things like that. So it's just like, it's, it's a fine line of just like, how do you get compensated for that and whatnot? But definitely I will always say, have a contract um, because you can always go back to the contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always go back to the contract. And I'm big on that too. Like if it's in writing, yeah. you can't, and you signed it, you did this, then you can't negate that. Like you see what you know was up beforehand. Like don't try me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. So that brings up a good point. Like when did y'all become business, you know, as creatives, we're not taught business, you know what I'm saying? There's a point where you, I don't want to necessarily, I don't want to say every creative gets fucked to a certain point, like, damn, I should have had that in writing or X, Y, Z. Maybe it does. But, like, when was, the, when was the moment of clarity for y'all when y'all decided, you know what, I definitely need to get more business savvy and step my game up so I don't end up in this situation again? Um, I would say, like, it, it just comes with, like, it's a learning experience because we're still growing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it, it comes to a point where you kind of have to like, you know that you're quote unquote an artist or whatever you want to call yourself, but you're doing a job at the end of the day. Yeah. So it's like, you know that, cool, this is the 
this bill is due. <laughs> <laughs> you have these things to pay for, so you have to start taking it like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm working on my art, I'm working on these projects, but like, I need to take this like seriously and actually get my finances together. You know what I mean? So like, you, you kind of have to like really sit back and be like, cool, this is fun to do, and I enjoy doing this, but I need to see that there's actual like, like growth in what I'm doing. Thanks. Like, I need to see yeah. like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm doing these projects, but like, uh, I can't keep doing the same projects for a hundred dollars. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you have to like be like, all right, cool. Like, let me start the prices. I need better equipment. I need this light. I need this lens. How like if I like, keep getting paid a hundred dollars just to do the same? Like, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. yeah, all right. You know what I mean? So you really start to like price it out. You start to price it out. And be like, okay, cool. Like, I'm spending eight hours or whatever. Like, I've like even me. Like, I'm new to editing. Like, I started editing same. within the past two years. So, the amount of time that that, like, <laughs> the amount of time that editing takes, like, preparation, it, man, it's, like, organizing files, and it's like, okay, cool, yeah, now I got my files organized, cool, now I have to review this footage. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. it, and it, it, it takes, it literally takes so much, like, time, and, like, I, I really feel like editors specifically don't get enough credit for what they no. do. Like, you know what I mean? At all. It, it, it's because they make the video, they make the, the marketing, they make the film, they make whatever video. It's like editors, they're the directors, honestly. <laughs> so yeah, facts. Yeah. That's, it is what it is. So, I mean, I, in being kind of like this, you know, all-in-one videographer because you're on, like, the set directing or you're DPing, you're setting up the lights and you're going to go home and you're going to go edit. Like, you're doing all of these jobs for, you know, like, you really yeah. have to, like, mm-hmm. price yourself for that. I agree 100%. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Can you, can you run the question back again? I'm sorry. Like, so it's just like that moment as a creative when you're like, yeah. yo, I need to get more business savvy. I need to set my way up. And yeah, I think that's something that everyone kind of comes uh, comes across to. Um, I, I, I work with, um, now my fiance, um, Jacqueline. And, um, you know, we, we've been working together for quite some time. You know, we she started in high school with me, so we have a great working relationship and whatnot. And essentially, like, our dynamic is that I kind of handle a lot of, like, the creative technical side, and she kind of handles a little bit more, like, the producing business side. Mm-hmm. Um, more so when it comes to just straight business decisions, I would say that I kind of, like, have more of a voice there, but she's kind of, like, all the contract work and things like that. Right. But, um... We kind of got to that point where it's just like, essentially, we didn't feel like we made as much money as, you know, we were worth. So it's like, you might get a gig and it might be like, let's just say you started off doing $25 an hour. Um, and you're like, $25 an hour? As a regular salary, $25 an hour is like, yo, that's that's fucking amazing. Yeah. But, um, you know, you might do a shoot for like four hours or five hours out of the day, but then you might have spent 10 or 13 hours or like whatever amount of hours before the shoot prepping for it and doing these type of things that like took your time and you might take X amount of hours to edit it and the prep for the editing is it, it becomes a weird situation. So it's like you start feeling like you didn't make as much money as you should. And um, that's when you kind of start locking down and really start saying like, what, how much time did I exactly spend on this? Yeah. And how much time was that worth? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, how do I, like, write that down and send that to them? So that's when we, me and her kind of sat down, and that's when we started writing our budgets. Like, we have budgets, like, with our letterhead and stuff like that, you know, like. And then it literally lists out, like, you're getting pre-production, like, this type of planning, storyboard, scripting. Um, 
treatments, like things yeah. like that, like the whole production, like rentals, all that stuff. And, you know, the whole thing that you're essentially we have to do is just really show our clients the value that we're providing That's ourselves. It. But like that, just not being paid what we were worth, that really was like when we started becoming more uh, business savvy and really negotiating, saying like, and feeling also the other part is feeling comfortable walking away mm-hmm. when you feel like um, you're not getting fulfilled, you know, whether it's compensation or like it's just not a job that you want to do. Just walking away because there'll, there'll be others. Yeah, I kind of like feel like in layman's terms, it's kind of like sex. Like if I'm not getting pleasured by this, you know what I'm saying? If it's not, you know what I'm saying, mutual. What's the point? You start thinking, like, you know what I'm saying? When you in it, you start thinking about other stuff. Like, yeah. I, I could have had a cheeseburger at this point <laughs> and, like, been chilling. And now you're just like, ah, I guess. I could have been playing video games. Exactly. Like, exactly. Like, so, I figured you know, like, So, I kind of think it's like, you want to make sure, like, if we're going into it, like, we're both going to be secured and can be, you know what I'm saying, properly taken care of in the situation. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, but back to your, like, creative journey uh, in terms of, like, you know, you say being willing to do what other people weren't willing to do. Uh, your journey with becoming a grip, like, how was that for you? Like, you, you went, you know what I'm saying, working with your homies, then working on Turner. How did that come about? Uh, so, I, again, like, just major blessings. Like, mm-hmm. um, right after college, like, I'm one of the few people probably in the U.S. that was able to find a, like, position in a place, you know, um, where they wanted to be at, like, you know, and I, 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 I didn't do anything, guys, I don't know, like, I, people ask me questions, I didn't do anything, but I literally applied to Turner, like, I want to say I graduated that August, like, I've completed all my courses that August, and I applied, like, the next week, and I got a call back, like, at the end of August, and then, like, it was a whole weird situation of even how I got in there, because I didn't really, I didn't originally get the position I, I, I interviewed for, but they brought me back on as a temp. Okay. And um, I, I took the, of course I took the position and it was essentially like, you're in this place now and you know, what are you going to do with it? Gotcha. But um, just having conversations with people, man. Like I, I had, a, I was having conversations with this guy randomly in the break room. He was like, what do you do? I was like, I do like productions on the side. He was like, where are your interests? I was like, well, and it's funny because it, this actually ties back to Kevon. We were working on um, his short film Limits. And one of the thought processes, we knew nobody knew lighting. Mm, yeah. You know, we knew that. So essentially, when I was speaking to anyone, I'm like, I'm trying to learn lighting. That's, That's it. Like, I need to learn lighting. So I told that to um, this guy. And shout out to him, Mario um, Mario Rouse. Um, amazing dude. Like, one of my one of my mentors. Like, he, he held it down for me. But he introduced me um, to another amazing guy, Thomas Branch, who was a lighting director at Turner Studios. And I spoke to Thomas, like, Thomas said, come down here whenever you want, man, observe. And that's what I did. Like, whenever I had free time, I would come down, I would observe, I would ask questions. I'm like, hey, like, why did you choose this light? Why did you do this? What are you doing here? And he, and Thomas was always willing. Um, And literally one day I was observing and Thomas just, like, looked at me and he was just like, so when are you going to come work down here? And me being a temp up there and, like, my contract was running, I was like, shit. (laughs) <laughs> uh, like when do you need me bro yeah, like and he was on. just like um and again major blessings god willing like his boss happened to walk in oh wow and thomas like following through was just like hey this is jason jason's been observing me and like whatnot like you know let's get him let's yeah. get him a training day mm-hmm. um and I, I had one training day 
and I think it was kind of like a test day or whatnot. And then I ended up not working again for like, I'd say like almost two years. But what I what I what I did though was I would like hit Thomas up every now and then because my my badge was still like I still had the badge. I can yeah, go on yeah. campus whenever I felt like it. So I would hit Thomas up and I'd be like, Yo, what what do you have going on? I'm doing this production. I would go and observe. Yeah. And I would just kind of stay in his ear like, Yo, when can I get down here? When can I get down here? And um, one time, like, in 2019, like, two years later, I had texted him. It was funny. Me and Kevin were driving one morning, and we were talking about, like, electricians, grips, and things like that. that. And then, like, yeah, it was on a major way to the meeting. And Kevin was like, yo, like, they really be making bank. And I said, yo, bro, like, I was telling him, I'm like, the one day that I worked, I I made a pretty great day rate. That was my first experience with a day rate. Mm -hmm. And, um, Something about that conversation just, like, knocked something into me. And I, like, sent Thomas a message. And I was like, yo, like, I really, like, what do you got going on? And when I went and met him this time, I kind of, like, laid everything out. I'm like, I'm really trying to get down here. Like, I really just, like, I really been wanting to work here. I've been, like, observing for two years. And um, I got, next thing I know, I'm working, like, six days a week training and, like, getting stuff done. And um, consistently just trying to learn, man. It's been a topsy-turvy, like. It's been like a harsh learning curve, I would say. Like you're thrown mm-hmm. to the wolves, but um, you start picking up things. You know, you start picking up, and you um, the one thing about me, man. Like as far as like I feel like a situation can be screwed up, I'm always gonna like if somebody's criticizing me, I'm always gonna listen to it, and I'm always gonna try and better myself. Mm-hmm. And it's take it's it took a long time. It took me about like even a year to feel slightly comfortable. I'm not mm-hmm. even fully comfortable. <laughs> You know, I'm still not fully comfortable, but, you know, as I've done more productions and I've tried different things, like, I'm getting better. I'm learning more certain things that I, I can know, like, the back of my hand. Certain yeah. things I still need to, of course, tighten up. But that's essentially been my journey. Like, it's just, like, random conversation and blessings after blessings, man. Like, and that's, that's what I mean by staying ready by staying ready so you don't have to get ready. Because, like, yeah. had you not taking that initiative of, like, you know what I'm saying? Two years, that's an investment of your time. And like, yo, I really want this. And most people, you know what I'm saying? After a few days, it was, nah, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But again, like just taking that, having that willingness to learn and do more. Like I feel like being a creative in today's age is different because we have technology. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. such a technical aspect to what we do as a creative. Like, if you're not knowledgeable of that, that can really cost you a job or... Mm-hmm. Even limit your creativity. So like, yeah. How do you stay on trap? How do you stay on top of that? Especially in today's age, you know, you buy a camera today, it might be outdated tomorrow. <laughs> or you learn DaVinci Resolve, and there's another, you know, another coloring app or something that's out like that. So how do you personally stay disciplined with that, and like, how do you work forward towards that? Mm. That's a great question. I feel like you just have to like just hone in on what you're able to to work on for the moment. Really, because you can't do everything. Facts. You have to like, because the thing is, is like, in a world where like there's so many things to do, like you have to always remember that like you still have to stay focused on what you kind of like whatever you you set out for yourself. Honestly, because it's like there will be a better camera tomorrow, but it's like, (laughs) but at the end of the day, like how well do you know that camera? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because like it depends on like, because we've all been in a situation where you have like a friend that would be like, they're not gonna take pictures. (laughs) <laughs> like, I mean, I do videos, yeah. Give them the camera, and, like, yeah. and 
You know what I mean? They like, eliminated it, by their technical. Knowledge. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, because I've been running with this camera for three years, yeah. but you just picked up this camera thinking that you just press record. You know what I mean? Because I, I legitimately, actually, I want to get the other day. I noticed that another dude was using a Blackmagic uh, 60K, and I was using a 4K. Um, and I went on Instagram uh, a few days ago, and I saw the footage that he had posted. I think my footage is better. Mm. You know what I mean? Because like, he shit, said he, he no he 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 said that he just got the camera too. So it's like, okay, I can tell it's like your ISO wasn't set right. I can tell that like okay, cool, this wasn't really in focus. Like it's like there's certain things that was like I've been I've been using the camera for two years, mm-hmm. like continuously. So yeah. it's like I, I see like okay, cool, like the amount of time that you spend with this one thing, like you're gonna learn it at the at the back of your hand, just like mm-hmm. and that's and that's the most important thing. So it's like. Yeah, you can kind of think about, okay, what else can I be doing? But just make sure that you're still focused on, like, what exactly is right in front of you at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100. For sure. Bro. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shooter Shoot. We hope that you enjoyed part one with the interview of Jason Simmons. Stick around for next week for part two. We look forward to giving you more exclusive interviews. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. And also follow us on Instagram at NDAF underscore media. Thank you.